Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's your host, Dylan Conroy, back with another exciting edition of the Ad Podcast. And uh, super excited today, we have Tom Richards, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of Ninjio, which is a cybersecurity e-learning platform that helps us uh, consumers and businesses how to not get hacked by uh, helping us change our mindsets from curious to uh, a little bit more uh, guarded and a little bit more suspicious of the, the things that we're seeing on the internet. So Tom, uh, really excited to have you and thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks Dylan. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me. I'm excited yeah. to talk about this. Awesome, man. Well, uh, you know, some of our audience might not be, this is a little bit inside baseball for some, but what's exciting I think right now about the B2B category is how much more uh, it's leaning into influencer marketing, content marketing and audience development. So um, do you want to maybe take a step back and just give us a little bit of your uh, positioning and where you guys sit in the ecosystem and maybe just a little bit more of an education of exactly what you guys do at NGO? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, we do cybersecurity awareness training, um, simulated phishing, which means basically for, a, uh, for an organization, we, we, we sell only B2B. And an organization would hire a company like ours uh, on a subscription basis and deploy our content out typically to all of their employees. Um, and our content basically teaches folks what to look out for online that will help them avoid uh, problems like, you know, clicking on the wrong thing, uh, you know, uh, sharing the wrong data. And really, uh, in two ways, understanding what to look out for, both sort of what are the, we call them attack vectors, right? Things that people are doing. So you can spot, uh, so you can spot exactly what that is. And then uh, a, a lot of hackers and a lot of, a lot of bad actors use social engineering. So also the, the other way is what it feels like when maybe somebody is playing you, right? Mm -hmm. So we figure if we can help somebody understand what it looks like and what it feels like, You've got two chances here to stop and think before you click something you shouldn't click or share something you shouldn't share and so on and so forth. Um, we do it through, uh, through uh, really micro learning, three to four minute little episodes animated about whatever the latest hack was. And then um, uh, simulated phishing, which is a, a tool used by uh, security officers where they will send email to their own their own uh, employee base, trying to see if they can get them to to do something they shouldn't do. Wow! Right, and it, you know, and it isn't typically we don't recommend you don't do it to to name and shame. Right? right, you're doing it just to get a sense of where is your workforce, how safe are they? Uh, typically, people do one of three things with those. Uh, they've been trained to report it, which is the best thing. A lot of people just ignore it, maybe delete it, and then the worst thing is they actually click on something mm. you didn't click on and then you kind of take a look at how deep down that rabbit hole they go right you clicked on it okay great did you click on something on the landing page did you start putting personal data in there or company data in there or whatever it may be right and um with that information the security officer can understand how good is our workforce in general and they can kind of in, kind of find individuals who might be a little bit challenged and do some work with them but also we can help, we, we build an algorithm that takes that data and then identifies individually what kind of susceptibility you, you have. So for example, I might pop for greedy, right? Mm. I'm always following for that. 
here's a free gift card if you just fill out this form, something another, right? You know, Dylan, you might might be deemed as most susceptible to urgency. Hey, you're mm-hmm. something, oh, it's got to be done quickly or, or you know, there's, there's seven fundamental emotions we've identified. And so between all of that, you, we're showing people what to do, reminding them often, and then testing to make sure that they're actually getting better at this stuff. Yeah. It's a category thing. We do it a little differently, but um, that that's the fundamentals to make people safe. That's awesome. Well, I think it's uh, really interesting that you guys not only have the educational piece and you've kind of revolutionized the way that is delivered. Um, I saw you talking on some inter- other interviews as a lot of this stuff kind of falls under the corporate compliance bucket and it's long, boring modules that you have to absorb and, you know, maybe eat a sandwich while you're doing and kind of have to pay attention. But you guys have broken this into three and four kind of short minute videos that kind of break it down to uh, the everyday person and make it a little bit more approachable and really focus on the content being the primary deliverer. And then you guys also have the metrics to, to measure success, which is kind of seeing if over time your workforce becomes less and less susceptible by measuring and actually you know, sending some of these phishing things out as well. So can you talk a little bit more about, you know, why you guys decided to go down the short form rabbit hole, maybe before that was a popular trend in marketing, and then maybe how that kind of helps you guys in your marketing efforts, uh, being a content production company uh, at kind of a core capability of what you guys do in the product. Yeah, I'd I'd love to talk about that. I I love talking about this stuff. I love our content. Um, You know, we kind of came out of uh, an insight that, a lot of corporate training in general, not just cybersecurity awareness training, but a lot of it is pretty tough, right? Mm. It's, it's the kind of thing that lives on the screen over here while you're doing email over here, right? And you click it now and then, and you just sort of have to get through it. And there's sort of a, a, a universal understanding about that. But, you know, we were started by a guy who ran a, a, a he, he did uh, offsite IT, for a lot of companies and a lot of his companies would get hacked and um and, and it, it always came down to a human error and he thought well i got to find a better solution for for all of my customers here and it, there wasn't one that existed there wasn't one where he looked at it and he said well i would watch this i would pay attention to this and i would be better so like a lot of founder-led companies right he just made it himself and um and that was the origin of this and and there's kind of three key pieces that he saw then that we still see now that any consumer marketer would, would understand. Hmm. One, keep it recent, right? What are people talking about? What is the latest thing? In our case, you know, it might've been a hack that happened three week, three months ago that you, you saw, because now these things are newsworthy, right? Hmm. We just saw about Las Vegas and a couple of casinos out there and, you know, really big things that this is making, you know, this is on CNN. Um, so we can tap into that, make it short. Right. Every marketer, anybody who's doing video, anybody understands, just get to the point. Right. We got to do it in three or four minutes, which is really long for a marketing piece. But remember, we're not quite as interruptive as marketing might be. Um, so and so, you know, we, we've built a rapport with our customers, with our end users where they're where they they now they'll give it to us they're like, oh, OK, yeah, no, I, the Ninja video. I get one every month and it's repeatable. Right. So we're not only doing new content every month so a new little episode every week there's a reminder piece so maybe you're not a video person right that's not how you learn the next month the next week is going to be an infographic 
maybe you didn't read that. Well, then the, the next one is going to be a blog where it's long form with links because you're a real analytic person. And then the next one is going to be a teaser post, right? Just graphics, you know, imagine old, old magazine ad for mm. the next coming. And so, you know, these multi-touch pieces is much like how a marketer thinks, right? We, we all know we're, we're touching all of our customers lots of different ways, lots of different times to ultimately get them to understand and to do something. We have the same philosophy here. Multi-touch, keep it simple, keep it engaging, to get them to do something. And then what that something is, is safer cybersecurity behavior, right? Rather than engage a website or whatever it may be. Um, and I think the second half of your question there was, you know, as a marketer being as a studio, um, how is that? And, you know, yeah, as you can imagine, it is a really, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's fantastic because downstairs here, you know, in Westlake village, California, I've got a team of super talented super talented animators who do nothing but make cool stuff all day. Now they're really busy making product. So uh, marketing comes second, but uh, we've got a really good relationship and, you know, I can tap into that. Unlike many B2B marketers, you know, it's pretty tough. You're talking about something that's really esoteric. It's very difficult to, to get into a short snippet and really explain what it is. Um, and you tend, tend to not have a lot of visual assets that scream your brand specifically, right? You've got a lot of blue, a lot of esoteric sort of images. Um, it's just been a, a really, you know, I, I really am, am lucky to have such a well-branded with a really specific look, uh, and an animation team downstairs to, to make us marketing assets that are engaging, right. And from folks who really understand, be quick, get in, get out, try to, try to move somebody to change their thinking a little bit. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, as a. As an influencer agency, a big thing that we're always talking to brands about, especially in this new world of vertical video, you know, whether it's TikTok or YouTube Shorts or Instagram Reels, um, half the battle is being topical, right? So being able to identify trends and capitalize on them. And the average lifespan of a vertical video trend is only five days. And uh, you talked about uh, picking up on the news cycle as well, and that cybersecurity is kind of front of mind because we're always hearing about these things in the news. I imagine that, like you mentioned, not only creates interesting uh, inspiration for your studio team to involve uh, content that informs the product, but also as a marketer. Um, I read that you guys recently partnered with the FBI to do a video on a hack called pig butchering, which is you know, obviously a headline grabber. Um, is that something that you guys are able to do often as partnered with law enforcement and other educational uh, resources? And it sounded like you also made that episode free for a period of time uh, that could also drive even consumer in-case uh, 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 viewing of it, of just like average families to understand what this is and you know how to be aware of it and what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of an impact that could have. So you could talk a little bit about that partnership and you know how fast you guys are able to turn out these modules when a new thing shows up on the scene yeah no I, 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 yeah you know it, we're fortunate that we've been doing this long enough um that we've made some relationships with it within the fbi um because it, we really have a symbiotic relationship right they see new things coming uh whatever the latest hack is they want organizations like ours to help spread the word 
on how to, on, on it exists, how to avoid it, explaining it. Um, we also work with uh, LA County Sheriff, um, a little bit of LAPD, you know, where, where, where we can work with these folks who, you know, truly just want to help avoid a lot of the challenges, uh, help avoid, you know, crime, right? Their job is to fight crime, to find it, to, to, to um, really find the bad guys, but they really would rather it be avoided. So for example, with this, this pig butchering scam, which is uh, a, a crazy name, basically this is what happens when you get those texts and it says, hey, Jim, I, I missed you, uh, give me a call. Yeah, I get those all the time. Right, like we all do. And, and I remember the first time I got one, I was like, oh, hey, you, you know, you typed the number in wrong, it's not me, and I started <laughs> writing back. And I'm like, who is this weirdo writing me? Well, this is what they do. And um, I'll tell you, the, bad actors uh, is what we call them, um, are, are some of the best social engineers, some of the best marketers, right? Some wow. of the best thinking, right? because they really know how to push buttons on people and they really know how to divide up who they're looking at um, or who they're targeting into things that are gonna trigger them. So on pig butchering, they might trigger folks who are a little bit lonely, mm. perhaps a little bit older and not quite as savvy or a little bit um, eager to believe the so good, most of us would believe it's so good it can't be true, but maybe it is. Mm. And so they, they build a relationship um build some trust get somebody to sideload a crypto app quote unquote um because you know they make up some reason why you need to sideload it and it can't come through an app store and get them to open an account deposit a bunch of money they're going to go invest that money and you know 10 days later it's going to double whatever you know whatever the deal is and um and then one day you know it's all gone of course and they call it pig butchering because what they do is it's like you get them in, you fatten them up, and you just get them, and they'll give them returns. Like it'll it'll feel very real. So people, are like, oh, I'll just put in a hundred bucks. Well, it keeps going, keeps going. They build a real friendship, and then one day they come in, and you know they're out their life savings. Wow, wow, that's crazy. And the FBI is like, hey, like this keeps happening. You should make an episode about it. But can you make it as a public service? Can you just make it available to everybody? And we said, yeah, yeah, of course, no problem, no problem. And so we just, you know, basically threw it on a landing page and said, look, here you go. We're, we're just updating in a bunch of different languages. Um, you know, so it, it hits all the demographics. And, um, you know, we're happy to do that kind of stuff because we're pretty mission-based. And, and our goal is to make the world unhackable, right? So, mm. so that's a vision we will never hit. But it, if something fit and we have return on mission on it, as well as return on investment, why wouldn't we do it? That that helps us get to a safer world. Another way we do that is we make, you know, for every paid customer, you can, you know, if, I, if my company has this, uh, makes it available to me, I can make it available to seven friends and family. Because mm. I want my spouse, my kids, my parents, my in-laws, I want all of them to also see this because security is not just a one person thing. It's across all of these folks. So yeah, as a marketer, I'm happy. Maybe the, the spouse learns about it and talks about it at work. And yeah, there might be a little virality there, but really it's just about creating more safety among our, our customers' workforces because that force field that's around that individual is just that much broader around their whole family. Yeah, um, that's awesome. To avoid a lot of challenges.
Very cool. Well, um, I want to maybe just take a step back and dive into your resume a little bit. I'm always uh, curious to see how CMOs, you know, end up in that seat. So you have a really interesting background, uh, several years on the agency side, working at big shops like BBDO, uh, CME, and then at Blitz. And you also ran your own agency and consultancy for a bit of time, which I think actually led you to your current role. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of your resume, maybe hit some of the high points and kind of how you uh, made the pivot into B2B and, and maybe some of the thinking that you take from that experience as a consumer marketer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was really fortunate. I got out of school uh, with a marketing degree. I stumbled into a job at some place called BBDO I'd never heard of, <laughs> on some, uh, some brand called Apple uh, oh, wow. I had heard of, of course. And I had no idea what gold was dropped in my lap. And, and there was a, uh, there was an HR guy, his name was Tim Wright, great HR guy. And I went in for a role as like a media person and I'm talking to him and I, I started a business in college and I was pretty animated. He's like, you know, man, you're not a media guy. You're an account guy. And I'm like, oh, all right. He's like, and I got an account guy job. If you wanted it's on Apple, which was got to work with some of the, the most talented, amazing people at BBDO. And, and from that group of people, I was able to, to find a, my next role. I, I was then able to work at Starbucks or work on Starbucks at BBDO and, and move on to uh, Campbell Ewald and help uh, launch TiVo, which, you know, back launching TiVo, you know, there was only linear television. Yeah. Even explaining what it was, was confusing. I, I, I remember at one point I was demoing it at a, at a, they didn't have enough people to sell it. So they leaned on us to go to Fry's Electronics and demo it on launch day and um, demoing trick play, you know, pause, fast forward, rewind. And somebody literally went up to me and said, Hey, can I see the end of the football game before anybody else? And I laughed. I'm like, well, no, man, it's not a time machine. <laughs> but, but, but this just explains how, like, how, how incredibly like, like mind altering this is the stuff we take for granted now. This was 1999, right? So 25 years ago, um, but people just didn't have that sense of it. And, and, and you know, from there, Deutsch and Expedia and, and you know, went all across this MNC Saatchi. And I, you know, what I found myself really enjoying in my career was a lot of the analytical side of what I did, right? I love the creative side, but I had creatives who were way better creatives than I were. Like, brilliant storytellers, brilliant people there. I love the strategy side of it. I love the data side of it. And as my career kept growing, I, I kept gravitating more on that side of the business to eventually, uh, you know, doing a lot of digital work, you know, high, highly analytical, a lot of, a lot of data-driven decision-making um, to eventually, you know, you know, you stay in the career long enough, you, you build a lot of contacts and was able to to start a small business uh, on my own with a, with a lot of freelancers, a lot of people. You just you meet great people. Yeah. You know, it's just the agency side, marketing world. There's so much talent. It's just amazing to me. Um, which you know, Ninjio became a client of mine, and um, you know, it just sort of grew from there. Thankfully, this company was uh, was was purchased um, and capitalized by uh, Gage Capital, who um, you know, their playbook is take something really cool that needs a lot more sales and marketing and blow it up. Wow. Right. And here I am. No, that's awesome. Um, so I think one of the things that, that you kind of touched upon, especially in regards to 
you know, in the marketing world as a, as a great creative that's been able to spend some time on some pretty iconic brands, you know, um, you always want to tap into emotion in your marketing. And when I think about, you know, I used to work in a company that helped videos go viral and we always thought about what are the properties of virality? Well, really it's about, you know, can you make people laugh? Can you make people cry? Can you make them ask questions like, was that real or not? But I think you sit in a very interesting, uh, another emotional playing field inside of the marketing apparatus, which is the idea that, you know, at the end of the day, you, you have to make people scared. And that's not a, uh, that's not something that I think is a light uh, thing as a marketer, but at the re at the end of the day, like some of the most effective presentations that I've seen about cybersecurity is how much it's going to cost you if you have a breach. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, having to play into that emotion of fear as a marketer, the responsibility that comes with that, um, and how you guys approach, you know, that kind of that core emotion that you guys are dealing with, which is the fear of, you know, a negative situation happening? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll tell you, we've done a lot of work with um, with our ICP, our ideal customer profile, which is a, a chief information security officer, maybe the title is a little lower, a little higher, depending on the size of the company. But I'll tell you, that's a tough role. Mm. That person is responsible for bad things not happening in a company. And that person knows it isn't a matter of if, it's when. And what can I do to make sure that I've done everything I can to avoid it happening, to have a great game plan if something bad does happen and to minimize any downside if something happens, right? So that's a person who lives in fear mm. a lot of times already. Yeah. So what we've found is they're bringing that emotion to the, to the engagement already. Right. They, they just live on a, a high level of uh, of of uh, apprehension around these things. So we don't have to really pivot into that. We're not typically selling, hey, you need cybersecurity. We're then I, I want to I want to flip that fear into inspiration. Wow. I want to show that person who's scared. There is another way. I, there's another layer you can put on your massive stack of solutions that they typically have that is um, that is in an area that you may not feel totally comfortable with, right? I'm selling to tech people, right? They're, they're really, we're, we're marketing to folks who are comfortable, tech stacks, buttons, lights, you know, very technical, technical people who've come up through an IT stack typically. And then you, you, you throw on this like human stuff and they're like, ooh, <laughs> oceans and social engineering and how do I how do I get people to feel differently right which is really kind of where a marketer comes in right marketer lives with how do I make people feel differently and, a, and an IT person is, is, is much more technical so what we're able to provide is less on the fear side and more on the hey here is a guiding light from people who understand how your humans are going to engage with learning right? Our, our, our CEO has a PhD in adult learning, right? Mm. He's not a technical guy. Wow. He's, a, he's an adult learning guy, right? So he understands how you can help adults like us who have a whole day job, right? Our, our job is not security, right? The security guy's job or, or people, women, whomever. And uh, it's, but we have to be aware of it, right? Just like, like everything else in our life. And so how do we 
get people to care about the thing that isn't what they're bonused on. It's not their KPI. It's not their job. But everybody needs to, I need, but we need to convince them to do the right thing and to think about it. And it's a, it's a very marketing approach to things, right? Like I, I, I shouldn't be drinking soda. Man, they really made me want soda. I know in my mind I shouldn't drink soda, but boy, do I love it, right? Um, whatever the case may be. So we, we kind of flip that fear on its head uh, because we're talking to folks who, who really already understand this. And what they really want is a better solution that seems to make more sense, that hits on, hey, you know, the stuff we're doing, people aren't really paying attention to it. They don't really talk about it. And now all of a sudden, this person who typically brings less than positive things to an organization, right? Yeah, the IT guy you know, shut down my computer and I got to watch this video, <laughs> right? Like all this stuff, right? We've all had this video. <laughs> Hey, the IT department, they've, uh, they brought us this stuff. It's really kind of cool. Like people can talk about it over lunch and it's, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. And now you have something to talk about at a dinner party on Saturday about QR code phishing, something mm -hmm. that I didn't know even existed. And, and that IT person goes from being kind of a, not a hero to a hero. And, and, you know, if we, we can help that person be a hero in their organization to the users. And then, of course, to their board and their CEO, you know, all of those people are like, well, great. It's a win-win. Yeah. I think you talked, uh, I think you talked somewhere else about how a lot of what a chief information officer, a chief security officer, their day-to-day -day is kind of invisible and behind the scenes. And when you implement a solution like Ningeo, this is something that the entire organization then becomes aware of and actually elevates them and gives them a chance to kind of lead from the front, so to speak, and have something that does uh, scatter down to the entire workforce potentially. Yeah, we, we really want to, we want that CISO or, or director of security, whoever it is, to feel really good about the stuff that they're putting out. We want them to get positive feedback or at least a thank you, right? A, a Hey, that was actually useful so that they can they can help build this culture of cybersecurity among users, not just among you know the IT stack, which already has a culture of security, right? They already know that, but among day-to-day -day people who, you know, might try to go around the rules, but if they understand why they're there, maybe they're gonna follow the rules a little bit more or not make a mistake. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, let me hero. I think I read. I think I read somewhere else that you guys uh, actually, you know, this kind of links back to your TiVo days, I suppose, a little bit. That you guys uh, did a uh, partnership with Vizio's OTT uh, platform and actually made uh, a, um, a a group of your content uh, accessible by that OTT platform. Have you guys found interesting uh, other ways that your content have been has been able to be leveraged outside of? Uh, just your primary modality of delivering education to uh, corporate workforce is that been an interesting way for you guys to extend the brand? Well, you know, the, the Verizon, uh, the, the Vizio project was an interesting one because it really was. Again, you know, I mentioned we've got the return on investment, return on mission, and that was really a, a return on mission um, uh, project because it was it's completely untargeted. It's whoever wants to go there, and it's just for whomever wants to, to, to better themselves about this stuff. Anyway, it was a, a great thing to do. Um, we have done other 
other solutions typically are with our customers. So we want it to be a little bit more targeted with existing customers sometimes where they have a particular effort that they need to heavy up on. Or, or for example, October is uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Mm. Um, so we'll do a lot of different additional work either for all of our customers, we have, you know, mega quiz, I mean, all kinds of fun stuff. That's just other opportunities to, again, heroize our, our CISO and bring, work, bring uh, opportunities for their folks to learn more, to, to really embrace all of this stuff. Or if they have a special program, sometimes we can do some special programming. We've done work with uh, the federal government on very specific programs. Um, we don't talk about exactly who our customers are, but mm -hmm. say it's the federal government, it's really big. Sure, sure. Um, and um, um, to, to create some bespoke stuff, I, I'm working with another customer next uh, next month as part of their cybersecurity month, just doing a one-on-one, -on -one, kind of like this, explaining, hey, why this sort of stuff is important, not why Ninja is important, but why paying attention to cybersecurity awareness is important. And, you know, our customers are obviously, they're, they're paying for the basics. The over and above, we're happy to do, again, it's a return on mission, right? Yeah. We can help, you know, folks be more secure and then spread that out. Yes, within our customers, it builds that culture. But even if you can go beyond, it's even stronger um, to, to help overall bring down the success rate of bad actors doing these nefarious things. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I'd like to pivot to uh, talk a little bit about uh, more about that that CISO that you talked about, that Chief Information and Security Officer. Um, I had read some research in another interview where you talk about the idea that this particular target is one of the most well educated in regards to data collection, and then a lot of the things that you know our industry is in the throes of, uh, whether it's iOS fourteen or whether it's, you know, the cookie going away or opting out of ad targeting or ad blockers. Like if anybody knows how to use this stuff and knows what it's all about, it's probably your target consumer is somewhat educated around how those tools work and how to implement them. Um, how does that create challenges for you as a marketer to effectively reach that audience and how do you do it? Yeah, you know, it, it, it certainly does. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great point. Um, you know, these are not you know, I'm not selling some D to C thing on Instagram, right? Well, I, I've done that in my career. It wasn't that hard. Um, this is, uh, this is a pretty, you know, a pretty uh, intelligent buyer. And, you know, the way we get around it, like th there's some technical things that, you know, we do on a lead gen side through all of our uh, digital marketing. But the big picture is I, I want to make them aware of Ningio and, and, and create some curiosity there so that if I do find them, they're, they're not upset about that. Right. If I reminded them and some out of context place, right. Like, you know, all of the, all of, all of the tools that we all know about, um, it isn't coming out of context. So, so it's a layer of, Hey, we've been at your events. We've been at, you know, we've been doing outreach for a long time. We've built a bit of a brand, a bit of brand awareness. We just did a tracker six months ago that, you know, showed our awareness was was really high among like the, there's a, the, our category is one big 800 pound gorilla, you know, up to that size, um, which was really helpful because 
if they're aware of us, we've done, a, it's been really important to the brand to deliver both product that people like and an experience with us that is really positive. Mm. So, you know, it's like any brand, right? It's, it's, we're not here for the one time we got you to sign up. We got your money too bad. Deal with it. Right. Yeah. So it's really important to us that our whole product, our whole solution from, from the marketing to, you know, CS is delivering on the promise. Um, and that promise is engagement is around driving uh, better outcomes. And then it's a really strong service so that if you go, you look at stuff on G2 or Gartner or wherever it is, you're going to see fantastic reviews. Um, and and there's so many of them I couldn't possibly just cherry pick, right? Like we just don't have that many customers that you can have that many and cherry pick. So, um, so that when we do get in front of them, it's a more mutual understanding here. And it's a, it's a more mutual experience. Um, I just had a sales team came back from an event, uh, in Phoenix, uh, just last week. And they said, man, Tom, like it's like night and day a year ago. We were at the same event it was fine. You know, you go and you shake hands and you meet people. This time I have people who are seeking me out and say, uh, hey, Jamie, come here, go. I, you need to talk to Bill and, and you know, oh, hey, hey, Cindy, I mean, this is the thing I was talking to you about and people were coming to us and that comes through years of doing the hard work, making sure the product pays out on the, the promise and this and, and the, the back end, the, the experience with the brand is as is as um, high quality as the experience was when you were getting to know the brand. And it's just been a really important piece that we've done across the whole organization to make sure that we're really customer first. Um, and, and, you know, so yeah, it is harder to get in front of them. You know, I've seen massive drops this year on a couple of key things that we were doing historically. Um, but we've seen other things that, that continue to, to get better. And that's just, typical digital marketer thing. You're always trying something new, yeah. uh, trying to figure out something's always dying and something's always emerging. Right? <laughs> you, just, you keep riding the wave, right? You just keep riding the wave. No, I love that. Well, um, you touched on something in your, your last point there, which I think is interesting, especially for B2B marketers. Um, and this goes back to kind of the demographics of your, uh, your CISO. Um, you also mentioned in another interview that they are extremely social people and that your industry has a high volume of events. They really love getting together. They really love networking. They love sharing best practices and being, um, uh, being put on a, a platform to talk about their expertise and talk about their stories. So um, in an industry that is heavy on event marketing and you know, especially in a post-COVID world where you know, it feels like there's more events than ever these days. Yeah, I'm damn broke. <laughs> um, how do you uh, how do you gain a share of voice at those types of shows and make your in-person activation uh, really pop? And what I'm actually calling share of show now, where you get people to, <laughs> like you like you said, get people to come to you and uh, lean in versus you know you running around trying to have your sales team cold call booths and do business card swapping? Like, how do you make those events the most impactful? Well, you know, we have a couple of kinds of events that we typically do. So you, you've got your big shows, right? You, you know, in Vegas, uh, our big one is RSA. Um, 
And, um, you know, we don't have the budget of, you know, the guy, the, 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 the brand that's putting a 50 foot by 50 foot, 100 foot by 50 foot, you know, event with, you know, jugglers and clowns and rockets and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, you know, we're a little bit more subdued than that. We have, but we have a couple of, we have two secret things, not secret, but two, two aces in the hole, right? One is we have sight, sound, and motion in what we do, right? Yeah, I can yeah. put on a big screen exactly our product. I don't have to hide anything. It's not confusing. It's very straightforward. And I can just show it. And people just come by this the same way video works for everything. And they're just interested. What is this? Right? Um, which... You know, that's the best question we can get. What is this? And we can explain that. And the second one is because we've been doing this for a while and we have kept good relations, we haven't done a bait and switch uh, on anybody. We have folks who, are, who come to us because the, the brand's on an upswing and people want to know, hey, what, what's the new stuff you have going on? We just launched a, a whole new product a couple months ago. Um, so, you know, it's always great to have new things to talk about. Um, that's a, a new approach for not just for us, but for the category, right? Instead of having a, another me too solution, a whole different way of, of getting it. And so between the two of those, having a better attractant and an interesting story, we have that one, two punch that allows us to do a lot of volume for our size at an event like that. The second kind of event we do are, are more intimate, right? So you might have hundred CISOs who are there. And what I found with those folks is they're very social among themselves, right? They, they, they like the vendors are there because the vendors help offset the cost and, you know, all of that. They understand the, the, the way that works. And that's always very useful. And, um, but they're, they are there because, you know, they're like marketers where, uh, you know, I want to talk to Dylan after this meeting to find out, hey, man, what's the latest in B2B influencer, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want to. Uh, you know, I'm not doing enough there. What am I missing? What's the new stuff? And I want to talk to all my other marketers about that. Hey, what's working for you? They do the same thing, right? What is new in cybersecurity? I'm having these challenges or, you know, I I'm getting a little tired with this. I'm going to try something else. What are you guys seeing? What are you, what are you working on? And being a brand that's on the upswing, um, it it's very useful right now because we become part of those conversations from peer to peer that we're not even a part of. That's great. That is in B2B. I mean, it's, it's everything, right? Um, you got it. Once you start building, you know, peer to peer conversations, which you can only do by doing what you do well, you really can't, you can't fake it. Right. Um, it's very difficult. Then we start to get, you know, then we have people like we had last week, you know, people coming to our sales folks and saying, Hey, I've heard about you. I'm not scheduled to meet with you here, but can I meet with you next week? Can, it, can we please book some time? Which is, you know, I've been CMO here for, uh, I've, I've been here full time for a little over two years. I was a couple of years before that as a contractor, just doing lead gen. And I, I'm super excited because I'm finally seeing the fruits of the labor from that time. And it's not just marketing. It's the sales folks. It's the CS folks. It's the product folks. It's the whole spectrum of what we do playing out, you, you know, and, and I, you know, I said this years ago when I was in the agency does ad agencies were making ads and TV spots and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I think the future is the solution, the product, whatever it is, is the marketing. 
Wow. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. That's where the world is going. Like you can't just, you can't fake it. A bad product can be a bad product. Like you can get in quick, you can sell some of it. And then if you're in the business of just, okay, whatever the next one is, next one is, next one is, we all know people are doing that business. But if you have something that just doesn't work very well, that people just don't like, and if you don't have a business model that locks them in, they're going to go. It's too easy to just do something else, buy, try the next thing. And, and thankfully, we embrace that early on to make sure that we have a solution that people don't want to move from. And I mean, this is across everything. This is consumer, you know, uh, unless you're, you know, Google and where else are you going to go? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, things great too. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it, most people haven't built a business where your customers can't leave regardless of a bad situation. Most of them have, there is an alternative and the switching cost isn't that hard. And yeah. because everybody is an influencer now, when they, when they switch, they're going to tell people. And, and so your, your ramp up can be faster, but your ramp down can be just as fast. And mm -hmm. that's the challenge, I think, in the modern world of where we are versus 20 years ago when I started this, where it was, you had a little bit more time if your product wasn't quite there. Mm. Um, you know, because everybody didn't have a bullhorn right now. We all kind of do some are louder than others, but it's a, <laughs> it's a lot more distributed, which means that we really, as marketers and as, as companies need to bring it, we got to be great every single time. I love that. So talking a little bit about, um, product evangelism, um, have you guys, you know, being an e-learning company, you know, something that we think about a lot of for as B2B marketers is how can companies turn their employees into influencers and or evangelists on their behalf, especially on social platforms like LinkedIn. And I think a lot of what you were talking about is, you know, everybody has a different learning style. Well, people also have a different communication style, right? Some people like to write a post on LinkedIn or an article and then share it on LinkedIn. Um, some, you know, like me, I like to do podcasts because I can get somebody, you know, face to face. I can have a what it would normally be a, maybe a 40 or one hour meeting privately. I get to expose the value of that to my entire network. Some people like video, some people like audio podcasts. Um, have you guys figured out a good way to kind of use that same DNA that you guys have as um, custom tailoring learning? Uh, also, empowering your uh, frontline sales force or even everybody throughout the organization to kind of communicate outwardly in the way that they best see fit? We're making progress. Nice. I'll be honest. We're making progress. You know, we started a, um, a social selling school here. Mm. Um, you know, one of our, one of our board members who's just a brilliant marketer. She's super smart, fantastic. Um, puts on this school and, you know, was, was able to come in and do that for us. We're doing a follow-up session soon. And it was really a light bulb for some of our frontline sellers of like, oh, this is how I can use my LinkedIn voice and how I can grow that and show them here's your social, you know, your social selling index, right? Like a lot of folks didn't even know that that existed. So, so we're making progress there. We've had others who really love short form video, right? Mm -hmm. Are not afraid to hop on a video on a, on a, you know, create a loom and, and, you know, build it out and, and just talk one to camera or one to many um, and really enjoy that kind of, of experience. Um, we're making more progress within some of our other teams here. 
Um, we've done a lot of, you know, I do a lot of podcasts. You, you've mentioned you've watched a few of them uh, up to now. I, I try to try to do as much of that as possible because I love this. I love talking, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, telling the story because I, I'm an evangelist for what we do. Um, while other times, you know, I have other folks on the team, our, our, our CISO prefers to write. He's a writer, lots of articles, you know, he's probably got 50 articles, you know, written for, you know, that he's written and got published. And so we're all, we do all do it in our own way. Um, and, and really, you know, my, my head of sales, head of marketing, you know, what we're trying to do is empower our teams here to understand all the ways they can do that and do it in the way that's authentic to you. That feels really comfortable, right? I, I'm not a long form article guy. Like you, you probably won't find that from me, but I don't mind these. I love the LinkedIn posts. I love interacting on there and encouraging folks to do that and showing them how to do it to get from, I want to, to, I know how to, I'm really successful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I saw an interview with you in 2022, um, where you talked about, uh, knowing that you think your audience is on TikTok, but is the juice worth the squeeze? Um, have you been able to get that pilot off the ground yet? Uh, no, no, you know what? And I'll tell you why we, um, we're not a huge company, right? We, we, um, <laughs> like I'm sure everybody watching this, I wear a lot of hats and what we did is we pivoted to, I put a lot of effort into a new product launch, um, and, and doing all the product marketing for that and all of that, because we have such a great product that we could cut down to a few seconds to at least make a tiny touch point. And I, I'd love to be able to do that. I also haven't figured out, and I, I just don't know, this is, this is bad on me, if I can target the way I want to on TikTok, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, you know, there's tools that allow you to kind of find your B2B audience on Meta. Um, they work, you know, I found ones that work fairly well, but you know, but the CPMs are really low. So you're like, ah, well, okay. It's not a perfect tool, but the CPMs are low enough that it makes sense. You know, uh, TikTok is, is, is still on my list to figure out, but that product is improving so quickly. You know, I think they're going to move into being just a search platform Yeah, shortly, right? Really? Right. That's, that's where that's going. I think um, for Gen Z, they are the biggest uh, search engine now. Right. Right. Yeah. And Gen Z isn't my target. Mm -hmm. um, however, I don't, and I'm not going to wait for them to get older. I mm -hmm. think us olders are going to migrate to TikTok as it becomes a broader product that offers more functionality beyond just Gen Z, um, which I, I think is where they're going to go. I don't know. Right. I, I know as much as anybody, but I, you know, pay attention to this stuff. And ideally I'm waiting to, to, for somebody to reach out to me from TikTok in the way Reddit has, right? As they were looking to do their IPO, all of a sudden I'm getting hit up by Reddit salespeople. I'm like, your platform hates ads. Your people hate ads. Are you, are you crazy? We don't, you don't do ads there. You do community management. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'll hear you out. You know, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I, wait for I'm waiting for TikTok to get wait for TikTok to prioritize the B2B uh, marketer as a, somebody that they should be paying attention to. Maybe, you know, I mean, look, who am I to tell them how to build a great product? It's, uh, it's, you know, I don't need to tell you. It's, it's pretty amazing what they've done. I am interested, though, to understand, you know, who within my, is there anybody in my category that's really, that's an influencer over there that talks about these sorts of things to my people, not to the regular person or to a Gen Z, and where are they? Whether it's TikTok, whether it's, 
LinkedIn, whatever it may be, and aligning with those folks. And, and that's that's one of my initiatives for next year is you know how to align with those folks and, and see if they have a, a true affinity for what we do. And, and, and there's something that makes sense regardless of the platform. Yeah, I love that. So uh, last thing we'll jump into, um, and I know we spoke a little bit in the pre-show that this isn't an area that you've explored a ton uh, yourself, but um, we're really excited as at an influencer agency that actually leans into B2B versus a lot of agencies that run the other direction when they run into a B2B company in the influencer space. And, you know, for good reason, I feel like B2B, pharma, uh, a few other categories, maybe finance, you know, highly regulated categories kind of are the last to test new things. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, LinkedIn is really making huge strides in trying to become a creator centric platform. Um, some of the most recent news that was announced in the last few days is that uh, LinkedIn is now going to make public uh, any brand collaboration post inside of their ads library. So that will um, kind of be a hack in which you can do creator discovery because sadly LinkedIn is not very good for searching for influencers, nor do they give their APIs to any of the influencer marketing uh, tech stacks that help with surfacing and discovery. But um, also another one that we're really excited to talk to marketers about is the fact that you can promote a LinkedIn ad from a personal page. Like you could, you as a company could come in and boost my uh, content or I could boost your content for this podcast if we agreed to do that. Um, curious if you see that as something that you guys are going to be excited about in the future, um, how LinkedIn is really moving to be more creator centric. Yeah. You know, I am excited anytime LinkedIn brings new solutions to the table, mm -hmm. right? LinkedIn has the audience. It's, um, it's not, it's not, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's pretty labor intensive right now for, for a marketer like myself. Um, I haven't found their paid solutions to be fantastic to be honest. Um, but I'm excited when they're bringing new solutions in there that allow us to do um, some kind of quasi hybrid between, you know, uh, content and and then boosting paid, you know, where those come together. And I've always thought that that LinkedIn ha has this sort of church and state thing going on where um, as a as an advertiser, it's a little bit challenging. So I, I found I my, my cost that my cost per lead there is significantly higher than other places. Um, but at the same time, knowing very well, they have my audience, they, they know who they are and they're not great at, at, at bringing those two together. So I'm super excited if they can bring folks who are really leading voices in my category, help me find those voices, connect with them. And then, However, we whatever goes from there, right? And, and we can figure out the tactics. If I can connect with those folks, or somebody like you can connect with those folks on my behalf, whatever that sure. might be. Because you know, ultimately, it comes down to I truly believe that we're building a product that helps the world and helps our ICP do their job better. Mm -hmm. So this isn't. I'm not selling cigarettes, right? Yeah. This isn't. Uh, you know, a, a, a sin product here. This is something that I actually believe in. And so it's almost my mission as a marketer to get it in front of as many of the right people. And every time I don't, I read something else that went wrong. Mm. Somebody, because I didn't market well enough that, that they, you know, chose my solution. Cause I know my solution is better than a lot of the others on the market. 
Um, I used to do I used to do um, marketing for a couple of, of NC National Cancer Institute supported cancer academic cancer institutes, like big massive places. And it was it wasn't because you're you're not selling cancer. You're like if I do a good job here, fewer people are going to die from cancer. Yeah. Right? And it's the same sort of emotion here for me on if I do a better job, some company isn't going to go out of business. We're mm -hmm. going to have a huge problem and, and all of their customers, all of that data isn't going to go and we, we can stop growing the, the cybersecurity problem. So it becomes almost mission driven for me personally of why I do this uh, because, you know, so, so to your point on LinkedIn, the better tools they give me to be a better marketer, I love. I, I love, love that. Yeah, I love that missional approach. All right, well, we're coming down to uh, the final stretch here. So uh, what has you most excited about the future in your role as CMO of Ninja? Oh my goodness. You know, I hate to say it, but the, the you know, the, the, the TAM, there's so much room, unfortunately, inside mm. security, right? It, the reason I'm happy working it is it's a it's a thing that's growing, but it's not a thing you want to grow, right? It's kind of like mm -hmm. cancer, right? You don't want it to grow. Um, so because of that, you get a lot of really smart people coming into this and bringing new and interesting solutions to what it is. And and we do. Like we bought a company a year ago out of Israel that was you know a fantastic company that's that's just thinking about this completely differently. And so as a marketer, as we can bring new and novel solutions to the table. For the part of cybersecurity, a little world of it that we can manage, that makes me excited because I can then go and spread more of that. I can get more people in the world, uh, uh, you know, doing better things to protect human side of cybersecurity. You know, the technical side, tons of great solutions over there. Um, I think there's a lot of innovation in where we are. I talked to the Gardner analysts and the Forrester analysts, and they, they all say the same thing. They're like, you guys need to do better. Because mm. things those aren't, they don't know what to ask for because it's kind of a weird world for them. And you guys need to just bring it. You need to be creative about this. And as a ex-agency person, as an ex-you know consumer marketer, you know, all right, yeah, let's be more creative about this. Let's have better solutions for this. And I don't just mean better videos, I just mean across all of this, which um, you know, we're already starting to bring to market already because we can because we have such a a proactive and active way of thinking about in, in broadening what we do, we're able to attract really smart, really creative, really interesting people to find better solutions, which ultimately give us this return on mission and create more security in the world. I mean, this is why I get up in the morning. This is what I love. Hey, sounds like a worthy cause to me, Tom. <laughs> well, hey, um, thanks so much, Tom, for coming on the show. We really enjoyed your insights. And I think a lot of uh, B2B marketers, but even traditional uh, direct to consumer marketers will get a lot from this conversation. So thank you so much for your time today. And uh, to everybody watching at home, uh, don't forget that we live cast every single Monday at 1pm West Coast. And sometimes we have special episodes. So don't forget to subscribe uh, to this live feed or this video. Uh, VOD episodes wherever you are listening or watching this podcast today. And we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. Thanks for everybody for your time. Until next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Dylan.